Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Waiteka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hello, everybody. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know I did as well. And I want to tell you my guest today is an author. Her name is Sophia Demas. And I want to welcome you to the show, Sophia. Oh, thank you for inviting me, Marsha. This is this this is so I, I I really love what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into the subject matter of what we're talking about, I thought you could just start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I I have had three um uh, divergent successful careers. I, I um uh, architecture for 10 years and then I had my own dress designing uh, business and uh, then I went back to school and got my master's in counseling psychology when I was 50 and I um, I've designed a 12 workshop program that um, was designed to uh, increase self-esteem in incarcerated women and then I've uh, implemented it also um, with women that are ex-trafficked, uh, in recovery, ex-homeless, um, and it's it's really made a difference. So that's my that's my professional career. I'm um, I didn't want to get married and I didn't want to have kids, but uh, as the universe has it, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I was successfully single until I was 45, and uh-huh. then. Um, in 2011, um, one of my mentors, Father Stephen, uh, introduced me to this um, this homeless teenager that ended up in uh, one of the shelters that he opened, and this beautiful um, uh, teenage girl from Turkey. And long story short, we adopted her. So now I have a kid, and um, and you know that's the way it goes in in our little okay. world. Well, that's nice. Well, we're going to be talking about your latest book, and you've written two books. The latest one is called Consciousness Beyond Death, True Stories of Signs, Messages, and Timing. But before we do that, I thought it would be important to talk about your first book, which is called The The Divine, I'm sorry, The Divine Language of Coincidence, How Miracles Transformed My Life After I Began Paying Attention. So let's start with that book. What is that book about? Well, um, well, that was another thing uh, I didn't want to do. I did not want to write a book. (laughs) And I was told by a medium 16 years ago that I was going to write a book, and I argued with her. And I said, I have nothing to say. And I'm a people person, and, um, you know, I'm not sequestering myself somewhere and writing a book, you know. And she listened to me, and she said word for word, she said, Spirit says when she's ready, there are many spirits here to help her and many hands on earth. And uh, so in 2011, mm-hmm. I, um, you know, these, these miracles 
uh, happened. Uh, I was conscious. I began becoming conscious of these Mm -hmm. miracles. And by that, I mean getting exactly what you need at just the right time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I would tell my friends and everybody would say, well, you know, these things only happen to you. And it it was annoying because, you know, I'm not special. I'm not Mm -hmm. a guru or a saint or anything. But and then in 2011, I reconnected with a childhood friend and um, I told her my latest miracle. And she said, well, you know, these things only happen to you. And something clicked. I thought, you know, you know, everyone has a miracle story, but uh, there's been just too, too many. And I, when I sat down and really figured out the key, like how did these things happen that came into my life, uh, whether I wanted them or not, but they were exactly mm-hmm. what I needed. And I discovered that um, the universe was um, communicating with me through coincidence. And I believe that the universe um, communicates in many different clever ways, you know, via dreams or, or you meet somebody and they say exactly what the right thing you need to hear or in very, very clever ways. And I discovered that I would get these coincidences, but the key was taking action on them. If I hadn't taken action on the coincidence, I would not have received the miracle. So um, I decided um, to write to write about um, my my. It's a memoir, so pretty much mm-hmm. um, the um, it's the miracles are chronological, except for two chapters. Um, one is titled "Please," which is about prayer or asking, and the other one is titled "Thank You." And it's about gratitude, uh, which I consider to be the highest form of prayer. And those, the miracles in those chapters are thematic. Hmm. Interesting. That I, I think this subject is so relatable. I don't think anyone mm-hmm. that listen, is listening to our podcast today hasn't lost a significant member of their family, whether it's mm-hmm. a parent, a sibling a spouse, a best friend, and multiples of those. Of those. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really interesting because as we share our stories, and let's face it, some people don't. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm a person that's out there. Other people mm-hmm. would say, this is the last thing I'm going to do is share these personal stories with somebody. I, I can't do that. And that's fine. There's no judgment here. Neither one of us are judging anybody about this. But I think that it's so valuable to um, be mindful and aware. And I, I, I ha- I've had this ex- my own personal experience on this subject specifically. Um, uh, and, and we're talking about, them, um, I'm sorry, are, are we talking about coincidence or uh, after-death communication, which is the second and, book. You know what, what? I'm talking about after-death. So let's let's go. I'll, I'll bring that up when we get to that subject. So you're right. Okay. Because how would – let me just ask you this, because I am a person that likes definitions. How would you def- define the word coincidence? Um, to me, coincidence is 
um, getting something um, something that that grabs your attention. Okay, that it it's like uh, because I I have some you know uh, examples. Uh, maybe that's a better way to sure. to answer your question. So sure. um, now and and I don't and I I don't ever say this miracle is bigger or lesser than this miracle. Sure. But some miracles are more important. Um, now the uh, two co- two two miracles I I think you know getting exactly what I want at just the right time happened um, before our wedding, and uh, so. We, we decided to get married on 4th of July and picked mm. October 4th um, at, for our wedding day. That's just three months. And so the venues were taken, the musicians were taken, um, and, and I thought, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. Even a warehouse, you know, we'll just, um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make it look good, you know. So, mm-hmm. And so then one day I, and this is, during this time, we're still looking for a venue. Uh, so I'm just going to tell one of the two stories, but this will give you an idea of coincidences bringing about a miracle. <clears throat> so I dial uh, my friend, Anne, and I, uh, a man answers that's not her, her husband. So I, I'm confused. I said, um, is Anne there? And this man somehow... Um, recognizes my voice, and he says, "Sophia, is that you?" He goes, "It's Jerry." Uh, he goes, "You you called me." Listen, he goes, "I'm really in a hurry. I, I just got out of the shower. I have to run for a meeting. Uh, can I call you when I get back?" I said, "Jerry," I said, "You have to. You promise me that you're going to call me back." <laughs> and oh. and he he said, "No, I will. I will." And so. I said, but before you do, tell me your, your um, telephone number. And he gives me Anne's telephone number, except for the last digit was off. So hmm. by going off one digit, I got on the phone this man huh. that I knew socially. So he calls me back, and, you know, we just went on and on how wild this was, you know. And I told him about, you know, the wedding and everything. And he said, and this man, for uh, during a, a, a se- several years, owned the Barclay Hotel here in Philadelphia. Which oh, is uh-huh. a grand old hotel. Oh, yes. Know? Yes, and he says, he goes, oh, forget it, because you can have the ballroom. And, oh, my and God. He, <laughs> but he said, but, you know, but um, I have to come with my girlfriend. I went, Fine. And then he uh-huh. threw in the um, the presidential suite for two nights. Oh my and goodness. how about that? How about that? Wow. So so we, the coincidence is, uh, you know, it grabs you, right? I mean, Certainly. wrong number. You get somebody <laughs> you know. And then I could, but see, here's the key, okay? So when he said, I'll call you back, okay, look, I'm running, I'll call you back. I could have easily said, Oh, you don't have to. I have nothing to tell you. This was a wrong number, isn't it? Wild, and that's it. But it wow. was bigger than me. You see, you, you see yes. what I mean? Yes, I and do. And look what I got. That's, 
this is this is so i these are the this is why when i say what's your story that's why i do what i do because i love stories so based mm-hmm. on all that what we we've just talked about how did that book relate to your new book which is called and i'm ha- and i have it right in front of me consciousness death I have it in front of me, but I have to read it correctly. Consciousness <laughs> Beyond Death, True Stories of Signs, Messages, and Timing. That's your latest book. How did this first book relate to your new book? Well, um, what happened is since I hadn't written a book before, and I didn't know, you know, really how to organize it, um, mm-hmm. my husband kept urging me, look, you know, just write everything. Just write everything down. So. I wrote about all these um, communications with, you know, departed loved ones as part as of my memoir. So when it was exceedingly, you know, like, like I, I think it was like close to 700 pages or something, uh, yes. then I went back and I, I, I just instinctively took out the stories that had to do with um, death and um and communi- getting communication from, uh, you know, friends and family that have departed. And so it kind of was magically, um, it was kind of written for me. And then, and then there were some other stories that, that uh, I added to them. I see. Wow. Well, it's, it's pretty exciting. I, I mean, um, you obviously had a reason to write this, this latest book was there something specifically that made you want to write this well i um i feel that uh that this is uh real okay first of all these these uh this uh, sort of this uh communication with uh departed loved ones uh and mm-hmm. again they don't they don't all communicate in the same way. They, there's mm-hmm. visitations through dreams. There's uh, what's called phantom calls that, you know, the phone rings. And, <clears throat> the, uh, and I had two roommates. Both of them had a phantom call from the same phone. And um, w- uh, one was, it was her father and uh, the other one was her grandfather. And, and it sta- both said that it was staticky and uh, no doubt that, that these were mm. uh, who was communicating. So to me, I think it's, it's – uh, so I don't have like a trace of doubt that consciousness continues after we die. We just kind of shed our bodies, but we will mm-hmm. be as conscious as you and I are right now. So I wanted to share that. I see. So when you say consciousness beyond death, what exactly do you mean by that? Can you describe that a little bit further? Well, um, so you, okay, so when you, when you're, uh, let's say, aware of yourself right now, I mean, okay, Mm -hmm. so you're on the air with me and you're, you know, well, you will continue you will continue to um, to to be you. To, your mm-hmm. soul is you. It's just that you do not have a body. And um, in the last chapter, I describe an experience I had um, that I wasn't planning to put in the book. 
And I, um, I had a guided med- meditation uh, by a woman I consider to be an ascended master. I mean, she channels, she's just, I mean, above religion, you know, it's just, um, so, and, and it's, it's my friend's mother. So both of us were going through this um, meditation and she was guiding us, and it was. She'd never said the word chakras, but she described the chakras, and she was building up. And all of a sudden, she's looking out the crown chakra, and I was. I had already started feeling this, these like <clears throat> circuits of energy on my body, mm-hmm. and they were so strange. It was like you know this whoop whoop, and then uh, horizontal and vertical. And then mm-hmm. she brings us to the crown chakra, and she says, okay, now you're going to uh, enter this crystalline uh, garden. All of the chakras had a color that she would uh, make us, um, uh, you know, feel the color. And the minute I, in my mind, entered the crown chakra, all that energy ceased, and it was perfectly quiet. Mm-hmm. And it's just light, and I'm floating in light. And I thought, oh, my God, I don't have a body. Oh, my God, I don't have a body. How can this be? And this voice, it was like when I say I heard something, it's, it, it, it was, you know, like, like if you heard something and you understood those words, okay, like, and I just heard this this is where you came from and this is where you're going to go. And it was mm. clear. And, and so that is what I mean by consciousness. It, that is exa- and, and I wasn't going to write about this. And I'm having lunch with my friend who, of course, knew the story. And she, right in the middle, right in the middle of us, I was talking. She goes, you are going to write about that story when you're floating in the light, aren't you? And I said, no, you know, I said, it has nothing to do with death. She goes, oh, yes, it does. She goes, it brings you right back to the, to the uh, title of the book, Consciousness Beyond mm-hmm. Death. And, and I was instructed. I mean, that was what I was told. This is where you came from, and this is where mm-hmm. you're going to go. So I'm convinced um, that consciousness will not cease. And scientists um, have been studying consciousness for decades so is, there's something to it. Do you think it's different from a near-death experience? N- uh, not in the way that I think that the near-death experience uh, pretty much confirms what I'm talking about because the mm-hmm. person comes back to tell you, okay, this is what happened. There was no brain waves. There's no pulse. There's no breathing. And yet they they report, um, and, and many of the stories are similar, uh, but they report very much the same thing. A lot, of, a lot of people who come back will describe the surgery that was performed on them without knowing what was going on. Um, and so, so it's just that, you know, when somebody really dies, they, they don't come back to tell you in so many words. But but without consciousness, how could we possibly get these messages? You know, right. and you, you've had you've had your you've had your experience. I have, 
I, I, I definitely have, and it's funny because maybe I'll just throw that in here. It comes via nature. Um, there's a, I, I've always been kind of a bird brain, and I've always fed birds, and I've always loved birds, and I've, I've always loved birds. And there's this particular bird that would come into our yard, but Butch and I never knew what, the, what, what it was. We didn't, we didn't know how to identify it. And after he had passed, I was at a friend's house, and I said, there's that bird again, and we're having a get-together with friends. And so my friend looked it up, and she found, and she found the name of that particular bird. It's called a black-hooded Phoebe. And I thought, wow, so Butch must be here. Well, not only did that happen, but I realized that that same bird landed on a tree that was right by his cemetery plot. That bird landed in the backyard of a house my daughter was thinking about buying. Uh-huh. I thought, your dad's here. So there's that. And then the other thing is hummingbirds. Uh, mm. My mother is related to a hummingbird. She used to say hummingbirds never stop. They they don't they don't stop. I said, yes they do. I feed them. They stop all the time. They come into my backyard, mom. But I think of my mom whenever I see mm-hmm. those hummingbirds. It's just it's just an experience. Maybe this is something that that I'm experiencing. But what I'm curious to know about, who have you had some of your what we call, I, I think the term is after-death communications. It's ADC. Who have you had some of your after-death communications with? Well, um, the um, okay, so the book has ten chapters. Um, the mm-hmm. Seven of them are my experiences, and three of them are three friends' experiences. And, and those three, you can't pick which one is the strangest. Um, uh-huh. But the, uh, the first chapter is... It's entitled My Father, and there are all the communications I've had with my father. And the next one is My Mother, and all the communications I've had with her. And, um, and then there's various, um, you know, ver- uh, friends. Um, I've had, um, now I also have written a chapter on the death of Buckminster Fuller, who is a you know very noted futurist uh, engineer, mm-hmm. he invented the geodesic dome, and I worked with that was my first job out of architecture school, uh, coming to Philadelphia to work with him. He was my idol, and the universe worked its way mm-hmm. so that I could work with my idol, and and when uh, and his death, uh, his and his wife's death. Um, is the most romantic death I've ever been privy to. And I, I mm. write about it as a firsthand experience. Um, and uh, basically, uh, they died within, uh, it was within two and a half days. Oh, my and goodness. Ne- neither one experienced the death of the other. Bucky went into, uh, Anne was in a coma, and he went in to say goodbye perfectly healthy, 88-year-old, and complained of uh, being dizzy, and the nurse put him in the bed next to her, and he dies. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, this is after holding her hand and communicating with her. The nurse said he, he didn't say anything, but he was communicating. She felt he was communicating with her. And he dies, 
and then she dies two and a half days later, and neither one experienced the death of the other. I just think that that's just so amazing. Mm-hmm. Gosh. So, you know, so it's it's a, um, varied, varied. Right. Um, were there some circumstances that um, helped you to write some of these chapters? Is that kind of what was the impetus behind this? Well, I mean, they, they were just my experiences, which I in, had included in my first book. And, uh-huh. um, and so I just, I, I, when, when it came to me to write mm-hmm. a book about death and communication around death, uh, some of the uh, two of the stories, um, and it, one is my story, is um, a friend, it, you know, was uh, felt this urge to act, and I felt an urge to act with my mother. It was her. It was her sister, and uh, like against our will, against our will, we mm-hmm. were forced to act, and by acting, the the per- the person that was dying got their last dying wish and mm. these are important things uh, for people to know yes wow why do you think um the field of after death communication is so important okay um this is interesting okay because um as I said before, I knew that uh, scientists studied consciousness, but I had no idea that there's scientists out there that study coincidence. And I, um, and through that, through the coincidence scientists, um, I was invited to um, uh, plan and participate the Synchronicity Summit, uh, given by this outfit in the UK called the Scientific and Medical Network, and you you should look it up. I mean, it's it's fascinating. These scientists that you know study paranormal stuff, and um, so these scientists were just uh, you know like they treated me like a peer, and mm-hmm. and but then when I told them about my second book. And I asked a couple of them to endorse it. One says, oh, um, I'm sorry, it's not my field. And mm-hmm. the other one, who happens to be Dr. Eben Alexander, who, uh, wrote, who uh, a neurosurgeon who had an NDE and wrote the book Proof of Heaven, um, he writes me and says, I'm sorry, I can't endorse this book because there's not sufficient discussion of consciousness well that's not true code okay what it's code for is oh i i'm a scientist i can have you know almost die go to heaven come back and write about it because it's an nde you know studied for decades but i can't touch your subject with a 10-foot pole because it's not studied well just around that time um, the the um, executive director of the Scientific and Medical Network uh, had sent me two articles he had co-authored on after-death communication. And shortly thereafter, like, voila, we have a new scientific field that has emerged. So it's, it's officially called after-death communication. Now we have ADC, 
And now, all of a sudden, these scientists are interested in what I've written. And, and what, um, in one of the articles, uh, David Lorimer's articles, he admonishes um, materialistic scientists. And, you know, like scientists who dismiss anything that can't be seen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what he said was, in, the, in light of the mounting anecdotal evidence, if you do not consider these, to, to study these, um, these events, then mm-hmm. you are not a true scientist. So basically, science has caught up to more of a spiritual nature. And, and, and the scientists say words, you know, say, talk like, oh, they use words like divine and God. And, and I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's like they're catching up. Hmm. That's very interesting. In thinking about this, I'd be curious, are there some common signals and ways departed loved ones may try to reach to us? I mean, are there some common could you could you address that? Um, well, I, again, now I have also read about other people's experiences, you know. So, but I mean, uh, mine are are uh, extremely varied, extremely mm-hmm. creative. Um, my, uh, f- for example, uh, my father, when I was little, like four or five, he would give me a nickel. And I, he would allow me to go into the corner grocery store and buy gum. And it just made me feel like such an adult. And Mm -hmm. I have gotten nickels, but just at the right time. Like, like for example, here are two examples. One, it was my birthday, and I was having lunch outside with a friend. And he went into the restaurant to get a, a cup of coffee, and I was thinking of my father. And I just was thinking endearingly, and mm-hmm. I looked down, and right on my at my in front of my toe is a nickel. So wow. it's the timing. So it's not just the sign; mm-hmm. it's also the timing. Another time, I was walking, you know, and I thought to my, you know, said to my father, you know, because I converse with these departed loved ones, you know, and mm-hmm. I said, God, it's been such a long time, you know, you haven't given me a nickel. And I heard, again, not a human voice, but clear words that said, I get to give you the nickel when I want to give it to you. The next day, I'm exiting my gate, and right in front of my gate is a nickel. So, you know, this is just one of many, many, many ways. Um, I've gotten uh, clear answers by uh, music, songs. Uh, one, one. I've I've written about one because it was just in incomprehensible. I mean, I I actually have the lyrics in the book. Um, you know, I got permission by the uh, singer songwriter and who's Canadian, um, Tara McNeil, and um, and Sony gave permission. So uh, the it, it's just it it's I was answered in the most clear way. And so you just know. There's no doubt. You know, you just know. Well, that's how, for you, what what if people are listening right now and we're wondering if there's some common signals that their loved ones may be trying to reach them? 
Okay, so we've gone through some of them, the phantom phone calls. Um, now, now other people, see, it, it depends on, on the departed person. I mean, they, they still have their personality. Um, now, my, my loved ones up there know better than the, to show up because a lot of people do, um, uh, do report apparitions because that would freak me out. So there's just so many different ways of, of you know, like you, you gave two examples yourself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the bird, you know, the mm-hmm. hummingbird. So it's, it's, and, and it's just, um, uh, it, it, and all you do is, like you said, you pay attention, you pay attention to this. Right. You mm-hmm. have to, you have to want it. But I would say this, what would you say based on your experience what should we be looking for? Um, I would say one of the things, for example, is commonality. Like you know, like what, uh, what, you know, like what, what, uh, you, like what your 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 husband. Okay, it was. Um, well, that wasn't it, like his favorite bird or anything. It was no, it, it was wasn't. Something that right. It's attributed to him because you Correct. know of when you when you saw it um but right. and the the hummingbird that was common to your mother so right. and the and also we can say uh, we could say okay you know i found a nickel so i'm mm-hmm. going to say okay you know what it's from my father and you attribute it so that when you see the nickel he can it's a way for him to communicate with me so, but right. the, the timing. See, that's to me. That's a. It's uh, you know, true stories of signs, messages, and the timing. And sometimes uh, these messages come when you don't, uh, when, when you know you're not looking for it, but you know. Right. It's it's really a, it's really fascinating. I and as we're speaking, I'm thinking to myself for, to, about our listeners. And what they may be thinking, like, you know, the, the me too. You know, this is what happened to me. This is mm-hmm. my experience. But I think you just have to be open to it. You know, if you okay. are not okay. open Here. to it, it's probably not going to um, happen for you. And I think, well, that, oh, I'm think that that's mm-hmm. also important. It is important, but it doesn't stop the departed okay. loved ones from, okay, case in point. Case in point. Yes, please. I told I told my eye surgeon about my book, and she okay. says, "Well, I have a story for you." I go, "Okay," and she is not a believer, or she wasn't until this happened. Okay, and she said, um, "I had to go to a gala with my husband, and I really didn't want to go because I was dead tired." I, I mean, the last thing I wanted to do is go to a gala, but we had to go to the gala. And uh, so after the gala, she said, I had to drive the babysitter home because my husband's rule is never be alone with a female babysitter. And mm. I'm, I'm driving back home, and all of a sudden I heard my grandmother go, wake up! I came to, and I was heading for a brick wall. Oh, my so gosh. 
she wasn't open to this, right? She wasn't open. And she said, I knew it was my grandmother because her voice would get high-pitched when she was in a panic. She wasn't open to it, and yet she had fallen asleep, and her, her grandmother decided to save her. And I've heard wow. many of these stories. And another, another thing that's common is um, to have relatives uh, call your name. You hear them. Sometimes you see them just at the moment of their accident or death or whatever. So there's many, many different ways. Hmm. I, I guess I, I have to be anecdotal here again. I actually mentioned this in a podcast I had a couple of weeks ago regarding my husband. Um, and that is... Um, there used to be this, well, first of all, my husband was an engineer, and so they are a breed unto themselves. And um, I, I, for, those of the, for those of you that know engineers, they're, they're not like my personality. And um, there, was, there was this show, and, and well, let me back this up by just saying, he lived very simply, meaning he didn't get caught up in a whole bunch of conversation. He lived more right-brained, although he is a very creative chef. Um, but he believed that it is what it is. And I mm-hmm. would always, yeah, but that. I'd always have a mm-hmm. comment, you know. And he would say, no, it is what it is, adapt. That's, that is really how he believed. And that made it very easy for him to live that way because he believed that, even though mm-hmm. I had the yeah, but after that. And when he died so unexpectedly, um, I had one of those quantum leap moments where I felt him actually come into his spirit, come into my body and say, Marsha, I didn't mean to leave you. It is what it is. You will adapt. Now, Mm. I had somebody ask me, did I hear him say that or did I feel him say that? And I thought, whoa, that took me back for a moment. And I thought, well, you know what? I guess I felt it. I don't think I heard it. But it's just sort of an example of I think many of us can have those stories. But I would like to hear. We've, we've, got, we've got some time. I would like to know, uh, maybe you'd like to share some more of your, your impactful stories from your book. I, I'd be really interested to hear about them. Okay. Um, I will. I will um, uh, this one is... Uh, in uh, the chapter, the first chapter, my father. But I wanted to comment when you said, um, I felt it, I didn't hear it. But you understood the words as if they were said to you. You bet. That's what you're describing. You, you are absolutely correct. While I may not have heard his physical voice, I knew that that's what he was saying to me. Exactly. This is what I was saying earlier when I gave two examples of hearing the voice you know, during my guided uh-huh. meditation, and it was clear. It was clear, mm-hmm. and it I was. understood it as if it was said to me. So I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying. Well, so you. I'm going to um, tell you, um, okay, so this is kind of interesting. Um, now, this has to do with a medium, and <clears throat> and uh, so so. I think it's going to be real interesting with this new field after death communication that mediums, I believe mediums, uh, once they're studied, they will become more accepted, you know, by, by skeptics. So, okay. okay. So, um, 
So our neighbor, uh, friend and neighbor, uh, they own um, their own island in Maine, off the coast wow. of Maine. And uh, so we would go every summer, and uh, my my um, friend's daughter was getting married in Buffalo, and we decided, okay, we're going to go to Buffalo, and then from then there we're going to go to Maine. And so, um, so I, I I was under a deadline. I had a deadline, and I asked Frank if he would find us a place because all the hotels were taken because there was a Beyonce concert and the state fair. Uh-huh. So, oh boy. so he um, very very pro- pridefully said, "Well, I got us a, a place, and it's not very expensive." And I booked it for two nights. I went, what? Two nights in Buffalo? What are we going to do in Buffalo for two nights? And he says, well, I don't know, you know, R&R, you know, and and there's Lake Lake Ontario there or Lake Erie or one of them. Um, mm-hmm. I, I said, I'm going to I'm going to stay an extra day to look at a lake. I said, and he says, oh, look, you know. He said, I, I really thought you would like, um, you would be interested in the host and hostess. They're interesting. I said, how so? And he said, well, she's a Reiki master, and she's offered to do meditation for us in the morning. And her husband uh, did broadcasting for 40 years, and he's, he's written books about it. And I thought, oh, Reiki, maybe a meditation, maybe I'll look at it as a spa day, you know, like, mm-hmm. okay, so I acquiesce. So we we have our meditation, and, and she had said, um, but I have to be out of the house by 11 because I'm doing a book signing in Lilydale. Have you heard of Lilydale? I haven't. Where is that? Is that in Maine, I assume? That, that is. It's, it's in upstate New York, okay? It's in upstate New York. Oh, it's in upstate New, New York. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, by Buffalo, right? Because we're in Buffalo. Okay. And I... Um, and so it was actually, um, it was a little town called Eden, where, she, where they lived, their little Airbnb. And okay. so um, I said, well, what's Lilydale? And she said, uh, it's a gated community. And then she changed it and said, oh, it's a spiritual community. And I, and I said, mm-hmm. Frank, I said, let's go to the book signing. So great. Okay, we, we're going to the book signing. And uh, I had no idea what Lilydale really was. So we get there, and 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 it's it, we're headed towards the bookstore, and it's just kind of weird. It look it looks like um, like a stage set for a Victorian movie with little beautifully colored houses and and this manicured lawn and all these people walking around with smiles on their faces. And I just am like. Where am I? Who are these people? So we go mm-hmm. to the bookstore, and there she is, and she introduces me to the store manager and uh, tells her about that I'm writing a book. And um, the manager says, well, what's your book about? And I tell her, and she says, well, that's right, right up our alley. She said, you should, you, you know, when you finish it, we'll give you a book signing. And I went, oh, my God. That's why we're here. So I can, you know, come to the bookstore in Lilydale and do a book signing. And I said, well, what goes on here? And she says, um, well, there's, it, 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 it's seasonal. So it's, I think it's May through August. And all these um, mediums come, come there. 
And all these people also come there to get messages from their departed loved ones. And then mm-hmm. she says, uh, she says, oh, it's Sunday today. Oh, we have, uh, um, we have message ceremonies on Sundays. We have two, one at two, at two and one at seven. I went, what's that? And she says, well, you know, mm-hmm. all these mediums uh, take their turn and um, give messages to people. I said, Frank. And I didn't have to say anymore, you know. So <laughs> we had this wonderful uh, lunch on this big Victorian porch, and and then we go to the assembly hall. And uh, there's like about 200 people there. So I want to go to the back because I want to see the show. And and the way they worked, it was very interesting. Uh, first, they would uh, pick a person and say, will you receive? And, of course, the person would say yes because that's why they're there. Mm-hmm. And then she would start, you know, with, uh, you know, describing this, oh, you know, there's this man and he's jovial and he has over, uh, like, uh, like overalls on and, um, and he, uh, you know, is, is uh, much loved by the family and gives all this advice. And does, does that make sense to you? And the person would go, yeah, that's my Uncle Roy. And, and mm-hmm. then, then, you know, she would say the message. And then, does that make sense to you? And then, I would say 98% of the people said yes. Absolutely satisfied. Mm. Um, So I'm having the time of my life, you know, and I'm observing, you know, this. And and then towards the end, this medium, that's, now each each medium um, did two two readings, points towards me and says, you with the white hair and glasses. And I'm looking around, like, you know, half the people there have white hair and glasses. (laughs) (laughs) And so so she says, you with the green headband. And I went, me? Yes, you. Will you receive? And I said, oh, I'm an open book. And so she says, there's two men. One is your grandfather, and the other one is your father. But it's your father who wants to give the message. So I said, okay. And, she, and then she describes him, and she said, um, your father's short and stocky, but she changed it. She would know he's short and solid. That's what hooked mm. me, because he mm. was sinew until the day he died. He was sinew, and that just really grabbed me. And wow. and so my father was absolutely hysterical. He was five foot one, but you know thought he was six foot five, and <laughs> just, just just hysterical. And and then we would get in these fights, and and he wouldn't speak to me like for three days. And oh. I found out after he died that he would go tell his friends how awful I was, oh. and that got me because he had already died. So I couldn't say, "What do you mean by this?" You know. So oh. and it, it was it just had created this this um you know like not a happy thought okay sure so so he, so she says so your father wants you to know that he had said some very inappropriate things wow but he wants you to know that he is full of love for you oh marsha that i mean i was made whole wow. in a nanosecond I mean that's that is that amazing. Was, 
amazing. And then she said, yes. and he, he has a message for her, your nephew. So I have two nephews, um, Nick and, and uh, uh, John. And John is, you know, I've had a very, very um, uh, a bond, a special bond with him. And so I thought it was about for him. And mm-hmm. he said, she, the, the medium said, um, your father wants him to know um, he's afraid. What he's a, uh, your father's afraid that he will find himself on the other side and be sorry for what he did on earth. Whoa. And I knew that that meant Nick because um, he had addiction problems mm. and uh, uh, severe addiction problems. So we get out of there and I... I text him, and I said, look, I just had a very strange experience. Um, there's a message for you from your papu, which is grandfather in Greek. In Greek, yep. And, and um, but I'm not going to text, I'm not texting it. So if you want to know, you have to, you have, we have to talk on the phone. Immediately, he goes, 7 o'clock your time. So we get on the phone, and I decided I was going to do it exactly like the mediums did it. So I said, um, so he had already said, I'll receive, right? Because, you know, he made the date. And I told him what the medium said, the message. And I said, does that make sense to you? And there's this long pause. And then he Mm -hmm. says, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And he tells me that his wife had taken the three children and escaped to her parents' uh, house in California from Oregon, and um, and he was sitting there with a gun. Oh my goodness! Oh my gosh! Oh God! Wow! What and he's turned his life say? around. Goodness. He he has turned his life Ooh. around. So so there you go. He saved he saved him just like. You know, my eye surgeon's grandmother, right? But in a completely different way, using me as the, the you know, uh, the conduit. Right. So, so that's why we had to spend an extra night in Lilydale. My goodness. Wow. That, that's, that's I, I, I was going to say heavy. I don't know if I mean heavy, if I mean just remarkable. I, it's just... You, you just, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, I'm not normally speechless, but it, it does leave me speechless, <laughs> thinking, wow, that is, that is really, that's really significant. And I know we still have a, you know, we still have a few more moments, and I, I would like to ask you um, a couple of more things if you've got the time, and I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. So, when we think about um, impactful stories, you certainly just shared one, but what do you think? Um, is the most important thing for our audience to walk away with about this particular book. And I would say, frankly, both books, but you can answer to both if you'd like. What, what, what would you like them to know? Well, here is what I believe, okay? I okay. believe that there is a divine intelligence. Okay, call, call it God, um, a universal consciousness, whatever you want, higher power. Mm-hmm. And this intelligence w- wants us to be happy and find our true purpose and communicates mm-hmm. with us. So 
so the first book is about you know the these these um, uh, communications via coincidence that would be plopped in front of me, so I could take mm-hmm. action and get exactly what I need, and also um, what my experiences have has proven to me. I don't need scientific evidence. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. it uh, scientific evidence just um, confirms, validates my experiences. Uh, and so what I want people to know, I want, I want them to take away uh, that there's hope. I think that, it, and, and to, to trust and, and hope that there's hope that not only can your departed friends and um, family, you know, people you love, uh, not only mm-hmm. can they communicate with you, but guess what? I'm kind of excited because that means after I shed my body, I can creatively communicate with those I left behind. And that just I... gives me such a wonderful feeling mm-hmm. of connectivity. Connectivity, yes. I'm sure it does. I, you know, it, I, I, I hadn't mentioned this before, but I, I really do. I should have mentioned it at the top of the hour, but it will definitely be in my blog. And that is for people to find your website, which is just beautiful. So for those of you that are interested in seeing Sophia's website, it's just her name. It's Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A, Demas, is D-E-M-A-S, dot com. And it, it's really... It's really nice. I mean, you talk about the influencers in your life. I mean, it's 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 pretty remarkable. Did you want to touch a little bit on that? We have a little bit more time if you'd like to. Well, um, if uh, listeners would go on my website, uh, I invite them to go to my influencers page. Yes, ma'am. and there are these are eight eight people that I have that I consider to be my mentors. So mm-hmm. Father Stephen is there with. Um, us on, uh, with with our, my daughter that uh, we adopted, um, okay. and so it's it's actually on Mother's Day, which is my favorite new holiday. Yes. And um, but the I invite the the one that is really a remarkable remarkable story is Abbess Ameliani. And she runs a monastery. You can't miss her, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. But I invite them to to read about about her in her blurb, because you hear all these uh, like um, popular scientists, you know, like Michio Kaku, that go around saying things like, "Oh, very soon we're going to be able to time travel and bilocate and and dematerialize and then rematerialize," but these. Uh, things have been um, true of yogis and monks for mm-hmm. thousands of years. Now, I had heard about the monks, but I couldn't find anything on the subject, just hearsay. And I, I really wanted to know, you know, about this, about how these monks, you know, do this bilocation and um, time travel. And so I... Just when I gave up, I, I really tried for two months. And just mm-hmm. when I gave up, I meet Abbas Ameliani. And mm-hmm. her story is a firsthand account of bilocation that I think that people would really enjoy. Mm-hmm. That's terrific. You know, I, I'm, I'm just thinking about your life 
in general. And I guess what I'd be curious to know, because people have asked this question of me, based on what you know today, what advice would you give your younger self? Okay. I I will tell you. Mm-hmm. There's two things I would two things I would advise my younger self. One is that nothing is more important than love. And two, you should not care what other people think. It's a waste of emotion to take things personally and 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 uh, uh, react and it it doesn't matter and and that I learned when I was nineteen it was my first let's call it miracle story mm-hmm. and I was uh, whatever happened within a few months, I was transformed, and that is one of the things I learned is since I was nineteen, I have never cared what anyone thinks of me and I think that is I was just lucky I was just lucky to trip on that little bit of knowledge at a young age but that's what I would that's what the main things that that's that's important and remind me you you, do you have children or you don't have children just my adopted daughter that we you know that uh right even introduced her yeah right right and where I, I'm presuming that you were able to share the, these philosophies with her then, weren't you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And the other thing I told her is I, when, about her life partner, okay? The advice I gave her for her life partner, I said, I don't care who you bring home. You know, I don't care who he is, what he does, nothing except that he allows you and to do whatever you want and supports mm-hmm. you. And my, my husband was the role model. And wouldn't you know it, she couldn't have done better. She could not have done better. I kiss the ground this guy walks on. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, absolutely. I, I just, you know, it, you, we never know what our kids take from the experiences that we provide them as their parents, or but what it's not we our, gather. You, uh, yeah, yeah I, it's not. It, but you know what? You just you just give give it to them, and That's it's right. like it's like a buffet table. You know, they they mm-hmm. get what they want, and mm-hmm. and and if the, if it's not now, you have sown the seed. That's true, and it's it, you never know where these seeds come from um Mm -hmm. i loved my in-laws and my mother-in-law was just somebody very different from anybody in my family on my side of the family and she was such an influencer not because she wanted to be that was the last thing in the world she wanted to be but she but she was and i continue to tell stories about her today because of the influence that she had on my life as my mother-in-law. And, mm-hmm. you know, people come into our lives in so many different ways, you know, just like your adopted daughter, and 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 living a grateful life, which clearly mm-hmm. you do, and clearly I do. 
when we put our heads down at night and we thank God, however you, however anybody does what they do in their nightly routine, there's something to be said for living a life that has purpose, a life that you feel grateful for, and and people know that about you if you're real. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. not oh, real, yes. people will know that about you as well. Oh, I say thank you every all day long. I say thank you all day long. Me too. Me too. I, I've had one of those days. I, I'm going to tell you one quick story because I know we're at the top of the hour. I don't have grandchildren. I was out walking today, my normal walk where I get my steps in, and there's this mom and her little toddler. And I'm looking at him, and he's adorable. He's 18 months old. He runs up to me and hugs me at my knees. They know. I was, I was absolutely like, what? Yes. And I looked yes. at the mom, and she said, he doesn't usually do that. There must be something about you. And I, yes. I it gives me, gives, it, it could bring me to tears, to be honest with you. It was it's so emotional. It yes. was such a gift, and that is how I received it. And I thought, today's my podcast day. We're going to be talking about events in my life, in your life, mostly your life. You're my guest. But I just, I want to just thank you, Sophia. I want to thank you for the time you've spent, for what you've done, for for your book, your books. And it's just been an honor to have you as a guest on my show today. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, thank you, Marsha. So did I. So did I. And, and you know that little story about the little boy? What you yes. described is the essence of human connection and love. Yes. 18 months old, Henry. You know I took his mm. picture. <laughs> oh, my oh. gosh. Oh, goodness. Well, listen. As um, somebody that that has a connection to Philadelphia, where you are, my son-in-law was born in Philadelphia, Um, I know you've had some rain, um, but I just wish you just a wonderful rest of your day. Why is my hand over my heart? That's where it is. I'm telling you, my hand is over my heart as I thank you for being my guest, and I look forward to knowing more about you and following you along your road because it's it's beautiful so i wish you the very best in the new year and to oh, all thank of you, you. Listening, same to you i i wish the same to all of you and i will let you get on with your day now sophia thank you again once again for for joining me oh goodness Social Casino fun with real prizes and big Vegas hits. Have you had your high five moment today? Hey there, I'm Bob. Before High Five Casino, my high fives were more like low threes. But after my high five moment, boom, high fives all around. That's the spirit. High Five Casino is turning every moment into a high five moment. Visit h5c.fun. That's h the number five c dot f u n and start spinning and winning today. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. Website for details. You're a mean one. 
Mr. Grinch. It's Broadway's number one holiday hit musical. Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the musical. Coming to the Hollywood Pantages Theater December 6th through the 17th. Tickets at Broadway and Hollywood.com.